0: Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Katani and the founder of Katani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up guys, happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Friday follow up here on the Cashflow Chronicles. I am your host Johnny Catani, and another week has passed. Happy, no, not quite April. It's March thirty first, but uh, April Fool's tomorrow. Um, hopefully, you guys have awesome plans. Uh, I will actually be in uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, skiing. So if you by chance happen to be there as well, uh, look me up. Hit me up on Instagram, as always. Uh, at Johnny Katani, and uh, I'd love to say what's up. i starting to find people who have listened to the pod, uh, which is always really cool. Obviously, the ultimate goal there, right? To uh, keep growing. But um, hope you guys had a great week. Uh, we're getting absolutely hammered with snow still here in Utah. Broke our record. Uh, we're now close to 800 total inches. I think like 763 inches is what Alt reported, which They always get the most snowfall just because the way they're positioned and they're the highest up um, of the resort. So we've officially beat since we started recording here in the 80s. So 1983 was the previous record and didn't quite have the infrastructure for it back then. In fact, our main street, downtown State Street uh, flooded and there were sandbags set up, a bunch of pictures starting to float around and people were fly fishing. (laughs) On a main road in downtown Salt Lake City in 1983, uh, we've been assured that our infrastructure is much stronger now, but um, it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Starting to see some uh, flash floods already down in southern Utah. So, you know, while it's great, uh, apparently, Nat, we need 10 more years of this to catch up um, and not be in a drought. So we'll see, but it's certainly going to help. For sure. Uh, Obviously, I'm sure you guys have probably seen as well. Northern California, Lake Tahoe area. Getting absolutely hammered as well. Uh, Records over there. So hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, there are no fires this year anywhere. That would be absolutely amazing. But there will be some damage from flooding. So, you know, I guess it's kind of pick your poison. Uh, Mother Nature always wins. Um, So... Yeah, we're praying for some sunshine here. That's for sure. I'm headed to Colorado. It's supposed to be sunny on Saturday. Ironically, it's supposed to be sunny here as well. But looking forward to some sunshine. Uh, if you're a skier or a snowboarder, you know that April Fool's Day is what we call Gaper Day. Gaper Day refers to, um, and and I apologize in advance to any newbie skiers. But um, here's a little tip for you if you're a newbie, so you can avoid looking like a newbie. But what ends up happening is a lot of newbies will get a gap between their goggles and their helmet where you can like literally see their forehead, right? So good skiers always keep it tight. You know, you literally, your goggles and your helmet are always the top of your goggles and the bottom of your helmet, always touching no space in between there. But when there does become a space there, it's called a gaper. And so that's what newbies are called. That's how we can point you out is, uh, Hey, look, there's a gaper. Also called Jerry's. Um, So it's just a fun day. Uh, I'm literally going to be wearing a onesie with my friends. Uh, We'll all be in onesies and different outfits. And it's just a lot of fun. Vibes are high. You know, spring skiing is typically in full swing. But this year, uh, Gaper Day comes after what is supposed to apparently be another storm. Another like 8 to 12 inches of fresh snow. So... It'll be interesting to see, but the vibes will be high regardless, especially if we get some some warm sunshine, which is what we're supposed to get. So, could be skiing pow in, in a onesie, which I have done before. A couple years ago, I wore a onesie to closing day of Alta here in Utah, and we had just gotten like 10 inches of snow. And so, I have videos of me getting like fresh pow turns in a platypus onesie, uh, in a Perry of the platypus onesie. So... So that's the plan this weekend. um, but really looking forward to some warm weather. We just have if it's not snowing it's it's cold and cloudy and windy. The snow might break through, so looking forward to that, but um, not much to chat about today. Not a lot has changed economically. still obviously keeping an eye on things. One thing to take note of from the last Fed meeting when they raised uh the twenty five basis points twenty five bips for those. Who, have, uh, who are avid listeners, I taught about that last Friday follow-up, so you can go give a listen. But uh, what we're keeping an eye on is in the Fed minutes, they did hint that this could potentially be the last interest rate raise of the year. So that will be something to keep an eye on, certainly. Went to a Lunch and Learn today, actually, and uh, listened to a group talk about how they underwrite for mobile home parks. And, you know, they've talked about some different lending things. Mobile home parks are up against it. They have higher interest rates, um, but they're incredible assets, incredibly cash-flowing assets. Uh, It's an interesting space. A lot of people reaching out to me because they're having trouble raising capital for their deals. Investors are just weary right now. So if you're a weary investor, I'd love to chat with you. Maybe ease some of that weariness. Get an idea of where your head's at, what you're thinking. Um, you know, the thing is, is it's just important. Like I don't, I certainly empathize with those wanting to keep money on the sidelines, but ultimately I do think that investing in a good group and a good asset class, like a mobile home park, for instance, industrial is absolutely incredible right now. You know, there are still good deals out there and money is still kind of burning, there's opportunities in treasuries to at least, you know, treasuries, some short-term treasuries, short-term CDs. I talked to my dad. He's doing some CDs right now, getting pretty good interest rate, four percent on like a three month CD. So that's pretty sweet. But you know, no cash flow, right? your your money's tied up. They are somewhat liquid, especially at th- three months. I mean, if you have to wait three months, that's really not that crazy. You know, and 4% is not nothing, right? But it's not like, for instance, the deal they were talking about today is when they're raising for 8% preferred return, and they're modeled out to pay that, well, 6.5% year one, and then they'll make it up in year two with a 12%, and it actually increases to about 14%. So basically how that works is um, with an 8% preferred return, they'll they pay up to the eight percent. If they don't hit the eight percent mark, they have to make it up the next year. And then anything over eight percent, then they split 80-20, 80% to investors. So they're modeled to pay 14%. So that would be your eight percent preferred return, and then you know, increasing. And the reason that things like mobile home parks are very appealing right now, and and why it's a good asset to pay attention to is because. A mobile home. A brand new mobile home costs fifty thousand dollars. So for these first time home buyers who can't afford to buy a new house, this is very appealing, right? A family of four, family of six, getting into a three bed, two bath home. You know, you rent the pad. It's about four hundred bucks a month, and then you've got you know about a four hundred dollar a month payment on your loan because uh, they do a, a loan to own uh for the so you don't rent it you you actually buy it and and you the the mobile home park owner is the lender 10% interest rates so you're talking $800 a month to live in a house you own the house you pay on the land but it's your land you know so if you want grass you've got your own grass to mow you know Space. So, really appealing asset class, something like industrial, which I'm really big on right now. We're very, very undersupplied. So, I talked last week really heavily about it, but you know, I- I'll reiterate, guys, scared money don't make money. Um, and I know I talked about this week in terms of talking about how to analyze your risk tolerance. So, I'll talk briefly on that. Unfortunately, I have to keep it short. I have a lot going on today. Um, Got some more networking things to get to and whatnot, but kind of the initial stages, and I promise to talk more on it next week, but kind of the initial stages on analyzing your risk tolerance is first. So I'll, I'll talk what this first step is. I won't even go into the other steps. The first step is determining what your goals are, right? So for instance, if, you're a high income earner. Let's say you're in the corporate world and, you know, high income looks differently to other people to be accredited. So we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about being accredited. That's 200 K or more as a single filer or 300 K as a joint filer. So married who files jointly 300 K. So that would be, if you're married, you, and you both make 150 K gross, you're accredited, Right. So you need to determine what your goals are. If you are someone who lives modestly and you keep your expenses low, meaning, you know, your expenses are really about 30 to 40% of your income. You, you know, and you live below your means and, you know, that's good for you. Then you may not need cash flow, right? You may, let's say you're young and you're like, cool, I want to work for the next 10 years. You know, and I'm okay with working at W 2 for the next 10 years, then you may not need cash flow right now, right? So you may be looking at something like uh, a development deal, is a perfect example, right? A good development deal. You're not really going to see any cash flow, if at all, especially in the first three years while they build it and get it stabilized. So what ends up happening is, once it's built and stabilized, maybe there's some cash flow year three, year four, and then they sell it, right? And instead of you know an eight percent preferred return, cash flow starting year one, instead there might be like a two, up to like a two point five equity multiplier. Meaning if you put hundred thousand dollars into that deal you're not going to see any cash flow, but at year four, you're going to get, you know, 200,000 back. We'll just say a two X equity multiplier. That's a conservative uh, equity multiplier, meaning, Hey, give us a hundred thousand dollars. And in four years, we're going to give you back $200,000. Plus there's going to be some appreciation against that capital gain from the asset itself. Once it's built, they'll depreciate it. So you may be only liable for 50,000, maybe less, you may get $80,000, depreciation you may even get 100% depreciation and you don't pay any taxes on that $100,000 capital gain that's very very possible so first in analyzing your goals let's say you know you're a high income earner but you don't want to stay in the w2 world and you want to get out as fast as possible so you want to start replacing your active income with passive income well then you want to look at something like this mobile home park deal where it's going to pay you you know Basically, sixty five hundred the first year, and then twelve to fourteen thousand each year after that in cash flow, right? And then at the end, there'll be a two x equity multiplier, meaning meaning you'll get two hundred thousand basically once they sell it, anything. So they'll sell it, and you're still going to get the two hundred thousand, right? So your equity is going to multiply, but it's going to be cash flow plus appreciation so let's say 6500 14000 for two more years right so the the goal was to sell it in three years i'm using the deal that i looked at today the goal was to sell it in between year 3 and year 4 we'll just call it year 4 so year 1 you get 6400 year 2 you get 14000 year 3 they had it modeled to get about 12000 so there's uh 20500 another 12000 32500 and then they sell it. So you'll get another sixty seven thousand three hundred dollars at at sale. So you got you know your thirty two thousand five hundred, and then um basically whatever makes up the difference up to the two x equity multiplier to get you to that two hundred thousand level, right? So you do that. Now you take that money and now you have 200,000 let's just call it 150,000 let's say you kept you know there was there was some tax liability and you know you went and you know used your your uh your your cash flow right so 14,000 a year that's like 11 like what is that $1200 a, a month basically right so not much right that's not like okay wow i can quit i can you know um quit my job, right? That's uh uh $1,166.66 with the repetent. So let's just call it um, you know, one thousand um let's we'll just call it twelve hundred, right? So basically twelve hundred dollars a month. Not anything to write home about, right? But you're on your way. And so then what happens? Then you invest 150 thousand to the next deal, right? Now all of a sudden you're getting eight percent return on 150 thousand, and then you do that. Let's say you do that two more times. Now all of a sudden you're investing, let's say three hundred thousand dollars a year, and you're making eight percent on $300,000 a year, and oh, by the way, that's gonna double at the end because of your equity multiplier. So now that's gonna be $600,000 at the end of, let's call it five years. So now you're 10 years down the road in that same capital. This is assuming, by the way, that you're only investing the money that you invest. So the principal, you reinvest the principal plus some, reinvest the principal plus some, reinvest the principal plus some. This doesn't take into account your active income going up. So let's say all of a sudden, now the next year you got 250,000 to invest. So basically your 150,000 plus another hundred thousand that you saved up. Right. So, so you can see with this compounding, uh, these compounding equity multipliers and in then these compound, basically compounding interest, right? Everybody's favorite word. So now all of a sudden, let's say, let's say five years in, you've got 300,000 to invest and you're making 8% on your money every year. That's $24,000 a year. That's $2,000 a month, right? That could be your mortgage payment. Now all of a sudden you're living for free just on your cash flow, meaning your, your mortgage is covered. Right. And I realize that at that high of income, you're, you're probably making more than that, but there is potential, right? But like we said, maybe you're living well below your means, you know, so, You're now making $24,000 a year. And oh, by the way, now that's $600,000 at the end of that deal. Now, all of a sudden, you reinvest the $600,000. You're making 8% on on that in five years. That's $48,000 a year, $4,000 a month. And you can see now, all of a sudden, you reinvest that five years later. Now, 15 years down the road, let's see, five years, 300000 10 years, 15 years down the line, you're investing $1.2 million, right? At an 8% preferred return, that's $96,000 a year, $8,000 a month. And that's just with your original principle. That's not increasing the amount you, you invest, right? And that's at a conservative 2% equity multiplier. Let's say you invest and all of a sudden they hit a home run and you 3X. They 3X your money, Right? Now all of a sudden that 1 million is 3 million at the end of the deal. So you can see how this compounding interest and how being a limited investor can truly lead to, to what we call financial freedom, which essentially for most people is where their expenses are all covered by their cash flow. All of a sudden, you know, you're making really significant cash flow. And all of a sudden, now you can invest in, let's say, let's say you got 500,000 out to invest. You put 250,000 into something that cash flows and 250,000 into something that's an appreciation play. That's going to two and a half extra money. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're diversifying, you got some cash flow, you got some appreciation plays. And the next thing you know, you're investing $2 million a year. I mean, like, you know and that's that's at an 8% preferred return you can start getting into stuff when you're an accredited investor all of a sudden things open up there's you know you can get into some hard money lending pools where you know you put your money in and you're getting 12% paid monthly right 15% with interest rates being as high as they are right so you can see how it's important to determine what your goals are first and then once you determine what your goals are then that can determine what your risk tolerance is and what you're willing to do. If you if you want to say low risk and you're all about capital preservation, meaning you care about making sure that your capital stays there and you're going to get your principal in at the end, well, maybe you go a little bit safer and it's only six percent uh, preferred return in a one point six equity multiplier, meaning you make six thousand dollars a year in cash flow, and then at the end of you know the three to five years, you get one hundred sixty thousand uh back right including the cash flow so you can see how it can start to add up and as you get more and more comfortable your risk tolerance can increase meaning you're willing to take a little bit more risk and you know eventually if you're making let's say you're making you know ten thousand dollars a month in in cash flow well five months in let's say you save all that five months in that's fifty thousand dollars now you're investing your cash flow into a deal Right, typical minimums fifty thousand dollars. Now, all of a sudden, your your principal is is untouched, and you're reinvesting your cash flow, and that becomes new principal. And oh, by the way, at the end of the year, you know that's one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. That's two new deals that you got to invest in. Now, with just your cash flow, you've got two new deals with principal in it, and then you can see how that compounds. So, step one. Figure out what your goals are. Then from there, determine what, you, what your risk profile is. And I'll talk next week a little bit more. So hopefully this was a really big help in getting started. Reach out to me as always if you have questions at Johnny Katani, Johnny would know H on social media. I look forward to chatting with you guys again next week. Have a great weekend. Happy April Fool's Day, everyone. See ya. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to katanicapitalgroup.com to learn more.